Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. On August 21st, 2017, the world saw a major eclipse. You probably remember it. On August 21st, I was also scheduled to go on the radio and talk marketing with Mark Brenet. So what's the connection between an eclipse and marketing? Well, it turns out there's more connections than you might at first believe. Let's listen in. I want to talk about superstitions involving an eclipse. Uh, some cultures believe the Earth and the Moon are fighting during an eclipse. Others believe eclipses are dangerous for pregnant women and their unborn children. Let's find out more. Our guest is Mark Stoiber. He's a brand strategy consultant, also an entrepreneur, and the author of the book, Didn't See It Coming. Uh, Mark, I understand it. People in India, some, not all, some people in India fast on the day of the solar eclipse because they are uh, fearful that the, the food that was prepared or cooked that day uh, might be poisoned. You know that... It's, it's fascinating. You know, I, I took down a whole bunch of notes on what people in different cultures do and what we all used to do when we looked up and saw the sun going away. Now, everybody's seen the movies where battles are lost or won because one side claims the wizard says, you know, the sun is going to go away, therefore we'll win. We humans, and this interested me as a marketing guy, we humans want certainty in our lives and we want control in our lives. And for the longest time, we didn't have the science to explain why the sun suddenly went away. So we, we invent rituals to bring the control back into our lives. And, you know, eclipses, just today being a wonderful eclipse day, I thought this would be a great topic to take up. But, you know, I, I, there's, it's, it's, there are too many rituals to mention of people trying to take well, control back. Well, tell me about back. the banging of pots and pans. Well, they, they, they reckon that um, <clears throat> there's a demon that causes the sun to go away in many cultures. And so the, this has become a sort of a ritual that folks in other countries bang pots and pans to scare the demons away so that the sun comes back. Uh, there's a first, there are First Nations rituals where they believe that it's a wolf biting part of the sun. And so that's why the sun goes away, you know? And uh, it's, it's the same in China. There's a Chinese, uh, there's a Chinese uh, belief that a dragon is actually eating part of the sun. Interesting. But it, it goes, it's all over the place. I, yeah. You know, I wrote down one of the more obscure ones here, the, the Bata Maliba. Sorry if there's anybody here from Benin and Togo, if I mispronounce that. But they see it as the sun and moon fighting, like you mentioned before. Yeah. And that the only way to stop the sun and moon from hurting each other is that people have to resolve their differences. So I'd say that's a pretty benign nice tradition to have and sure. it probably makes the the village a lot nicer place you it's know when a, there's it's an a good eclipse. moral to the story as opposed to having some wizard say we're going to fight a grand battle yeah now it's interesting also that uh you think oh this is the domain of uneducated people or people who are fearful well there's a great one here harvard's commencement day in 1684 was moved up a day because a total solar eclipse would have been visible from martha's vineyard <laughs> Even though the university president, John Rogers, said that the decision was a matter of convenience rather than superstition. But you go, you know, they knew what caused an eclipse. But even though they knew, there was still that leftover vestige of something bad's going to happen. We don't quite know. There's uh, another one. Uh, Some people considered in 1652, again, we knew what caused these things then. They considered a 1652 total solar eclipse to be partly responsible for the Great Plague of London and the Great Fire of London. Wow. You know, so you're going, 
these are these are pretty well, deep. I could see that back, back in the 1650s. I guess you could see that. Yeah. Not in the 1660s. They were much more enlightened they're, then. They're way the 1650. Are you kidding? No, they were they were they were just they were dull. They were dull in 1650. 1660s, man. They not were a whole lot of people. readers back then. Now, the, yeah, exactly. Not. <laughs> We were talking about Donald again. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, he, <laughs> there's, you also mentioned before that solar eclipses can be a danger to pregnant women yeah. and their unborn children. Lots of cultures today still. Young children, pregnant women, they're asked to stay indoors during a solar eclipse. And in India, as you mentioned, ongoing tradition that you do not touch the food that is cooked during a solar eclipse because it's supposed to be impure poison. Do you think some of these uh, cultures continue to um, uh, adhere to yes. these traditions? Because they are traditional. Yeah. I, I'm sure at this point people in India realize that it's, this is not the case. Yeah. They realize the Sure, the I mean, there's so, so many of our traditions from yeah. Christmas to Halloween sure. are ingrained in people, you know, uh, celebrating something to, in order to be, for it to be auspicious, or the, the fall, the harvest ses- season. Yeah. We, had big, we had big festivals then. We had spring festivals. We had Christmas. You know, there they're vestiges. We've kind of lost the meaning of them, but I'm not surprised if there's a lot of people running around banging pots and pans because it's a heck of a lot of fun. They don't <laughs> even know why they're doing it. But now there's another one that I want to bring up, which was uh, the Italian one. Uh, not all of these things are about um, scariness. Some are just, I think this is very, very good. It's a very Italian thing, you know? The Italians believe that flowers planted during a solar eclipse are brighter and more colorful than flowers planted any other time of the year. How Italian, That's huh? You know, I'd be curious to see if there's anybody here in Victoria, in Victoria uh, who planted flowers specifically today because of that. I don't know. I don't know, but it's a great one, and I think it's a wonderful Italian thing. You know, yeah. say, hey, it's a good thing here. Now, there's also one... Uh, this is a, you know, if we go from the nice sort of things, like the Italians, you go right to the nasty things. You know, we talked about winning battles and the wizards predicting the outcome of a battle or if it's an auspicious day. Yeah. Uh, live science writes that during a 16th century eclipse, ancient Aztecs, this was reported by a missionary, ancient Aztecs reacted to an eclipse with complete chaos and disorder. And what they did, they believed that they had to sacrifice lighter-skinned people oh, in boy. order for the gods to restore their earth and the heavens above. So, you know, it, it's funny because that we haven't really changed that much in our DNA. We are still very, very much subject to the same impulses. If, if we believe that something, an earthquake, a flood, a fire, you know, if something is, is beyond our control, we need some sort of belief system to bring that back into our control. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that when we come back after you the bet. break. Okay, our guest is Mark Stoiber. He's a brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur, and the author of the book "Didn't See It Coming." He's also a big pot and uh, plate and whatever they use of pans banger. <laughs> Did you were you banging pots and pans today? That's, that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> were you out there bang bang bang? bang <laughs> I was bang. outside banging pots and pans. <laughs> okay, uh, let's take a break. It's three forty-five. That is news time. Today's eclipse of the sun got a lot of people out on the street. Uh, as the moon covered 90% of the sun this morning at 20 after 10, I saw a bunch of people here in downtown Victoria looking at solar reflections in shop windows, uh, like the one on Burger, uh, the Burger King window on Douglas Street. I saw people using boxes with pinholes and even a couple of people using a white pizza box on the sidewalk. There is something about an eclipse that draws our attention, and it's because a lot of things, maybe because it's rare or maybe because it happens and it's totally out of our control our guest says because we crave certainty and control eclipses are a reminder of a time when we used rituals 
to take back that control. Our guest is Mark Stoiber. He's a brand strategy consultant. He's an entrepreneur. He's the author of the book, Didn't See It Coming. What did you mean by that, Mark? Well, I think we've always craved control. And, and back before, we, before science was evolved as it is now, folks turned to religion. They turned to the belief system. They saw the sun going away and they thought it was the gods that were angry at them. Like I, I talked about the Aztecs, they said, we've got to sacrifice some people to bring equilibrium back into the universe. Now, what interested me as a marketer there, I'm not, a, I'm not an astronomer by any sense, but what interested me as a marketer is that nothing has really changed. Only the religion has changed. Instead of uh, praying to God or gods, what we do now, we worship at the temple of consumption. Our consumerism uh, is our new religion. And what you see are exactly the, same, exactly the same sort of senses of uncertainty and loss of control and people consuming their way back into a sense of control. And I, I thought that was fascinating. Now, the, you know, there's the standard examples. You know, you, you want to be more virile, so you get Rogaine for your hair. Not you, of course. I mean, no, there's, you, don't, you don't need that. Guy. You look You look fantastic. Thank you. you. You know, you get Listerine for halitosis, which isn't even a condition. Speaking of that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you've got, you've got fashion, you've got Ferraris, you've got all these things supposed to put us back in control of our destiny. But what interested me was two words, Alex Jones. Oh, boy. Now, anybody who hasn't heard of Alex Jones, he is a shock jock sort of talk radio host who has built an empire on the alt-right extreme conspiracy theory. He's the full meal deal. And I, I heard an interview uh, with somebody who was discussing, you know, the whole sort of way he finances his empire because the guy pulls in excess of $15 million a year. $15 million bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to make a phone call. Yeah, yeah. Ask for a raise. Hello, Bell Canada. $15 million. Hello, Bell. Oh, they're not taking my No? Time. Well, no. they'll get back to you right away, yeah, I'm sure. Really um, and he pulls $15 million a year, and this is the stuff that you haven't figured out yet. How does he do it? He sells crap. He sells diet supplements. Alex are they Jones, real diet supplements? They, or are they, are uh, well, they... they're actually, they're actually uh, created by a doctor, and they did a bit of research. Doctor never got through college. <laughs> so what interest? I did a little I bit of digging. In, exactly. I did a little <laughs> bit of digging into Alex Jones, and the one product that really struck me was there's a product called Survival Shield X2. Survival Shield X2. Now that sounds uh, religious, doesn't it? It sounds a bit like uh, the battle of the Israelites and the Egyptians. <laughs> what it is, it's base grade iodine. The same sort of stuff that you dig out of the ground, you take it as a dietary supplement for your thyroid so that you metabolize better, so your brain works better, so your b- bones grow. However, it isn't being positioned as that by Mr. Jones. It's being positioned as an anti-radiation product. Now, why would Alex Jones be selling an anti-radiation product and probably selling the bejesus out of it? Uh, I know where you're going with this. The, what he does, he appeals to a group of people who believe that the apocalypse is right around the corner, sure. i.e. the sun going away. And what he says is, you better start taking your anti-radiation iodine so that you have a survival shield so that you can live through the apocalypse. Because for most who don't take the iodine, the end is nigh. The end is nigh. Now, there's another one. It's a wonderful one. It's called Living Defense. And it protects against, quote-unquote, harmful organisms. <laughs> like what? Like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh. um, it protects against harmful organisms. Where's that, rim, where's that, where's that rim shot? 
It protects against harmful organisms without getting specific about what the organisms are. All it says is that they can inhabit your body, causing disorder and disruption. It sounds like one of those old folk remedies. The organisms, and this is on the website, it says the organisms are passed along by animals, pork, and even sexual activity. So as broad a range as you can imagine, but you take this stuff and it will protect you from the impurities that are all around us. Now you can imagine the people that he's appealing to have a pretty well-tuned sense of conspiracy and paranoia. And he's getting them to take vitamins, consume their way back into a sense of control. Gotcha. So Alex Jones is making a fortune doing this. It's a brilliant strategy. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do if (laughs) Bell doesn't call back. But, you know, I I went a little bit deeper and I went, uh, I said, you know, is this this an anomaly? But it's not. All I had to do, you know, I was reminded of those horrific pictures of Charlottesville, Virginia, where it was the Nazis marching. And each of them was carrying like an automatic rifle and handguns and stuff. So I thought, wait a minute, what about handguns? Because these are people with a very well-tuned sense of paranoia too. And I did a little digging into the U.S. gun industry. And if you look at the gun industry, the advertising messages have fundamentally changed. Back from the 1950s, when it was all kind of leave it to beaver, you know, my dad had a gun, I've got a gun. It's sort of like a family tradition, like skating and apple pie. And you look at the ads and they are very warm and fuzzy. It is a family ritual. It's all about hunting and, and just, sh- you know, shooting at bottle caps and stuff. Right. Then it goes into the 1960s and the 1970s and suddenly crime becomes more of an issue. You know, the 1960s, 70s, when all the TV shows became about all the super cops well, crime was rampant. Everybody was being hijacked, carjacked, and there were home invasions everywhere. Everything, the world was breaking down. Suddenly, gun ads started to tell people to take control of their lives. They had ads, I saw one, which was a camera that could track somebody while you're shooting them. So if you didn't get the criminal, at least you had them on camera. Oh, wow. So that was the 1970s. Then it goes into the 1990s. And uh, thanks to folks like the NRA, who are moving a little bit ahead of the curve, and the gun lobby... The gun movement of advertising is starting to turn into what we see today, which is very much about conspiracy. But in this case, the conspiracy is that the government wants to take away your guns. And you can see the shift in advertising happening from a family ritual to a sense that your world is slipping out of control and you need to regain control. And the NRA and Beretta are the only folks that can help you do that. And then you fast forward. <clears throat> and it's interesting because it uh, the the paranoia has gone away from uh, just government towards technology and anti-government. Right. So the gun ads they focus on new technology. Wow, whiz bang, very cool innovation because that's the keyword. But also the anti-government stuff. And if you look at Bushmaster ads, that that's the, those are the guys that make the um, the the replica U.S. Army guns that, okay. that were you know the big big controversial topic right now. These things are now being advertised as tools to regain your manhood. Oh. There's actual Bushmaster ads that uh, that advertise the guns as what they call quote unquote the man card. So it's like your your membership card into the man club. And if you don't have the man card, then you might as well just be a soybean eating sissy. I swear to God, it's in the ad. Anybody and, who doubts and, it, and take people a look. and people bite. And there are a lot of people biting. You know that every time that Obama made a sort of a, a sort of a proposition that they should limit the size of of magazines or uh, assault weapons, sales went through the roof. There are a lot of people feeling that their world, their order, is slipping away, and the way to pull it back is to consume. 
of all items, you know. So consumerism is the new religion. So who are the prophets with a PH, not an FITS? I think the prophets, I think the prophets are Alex Jones. Uh, of, of this, at least this sort of, the world is in disruption, your world is going away. Uh, I think that, you know, you look at the alt-right, they're playing this like a fiddle. I mean, any advertising man would tell you that the way the politicians are working this angle and the lobbyists are working this angle is a, a page right out of David Ogilvy. It's classic advertising. David you, Ogilvy, the, the great uh, advertising the, man. You build, a, you build a need in people and then you say, I can, only I can, can fulfill that need. You know, it's Donald Trump when he says, you know, the world is in disorder and only I can help you with that disorder. Right. You know, so it's it's very much alive and well and it can go. You can track it all the way back to solar eclipses. You're a brilliant man to be able to uh, make a link between the solar eclipse and the sale of guns. Well, I try. I try. I want to keep it entertaining. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Mark Stoiber. Brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur, and author of the book, Didn't See It Coming. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast for brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. 